Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. How's everyone feeling today? Uh, are you self-isolating? Are you panic buying? Are you cancelling your holidays? Are you keeping your kids off school? Or are you just busy telling everyone how much you know that the government is getting it wrong and instead they should be doing what you tell them to do? Last time I was on the air, we could still fly to the United States. Now it's taking over eight hours to get through immigration. That's if they decide to let you in. Today we have countries all over Europe shutting down completely and borders have been closed just in the last few hours between Germany, Austria, Switzerland and Italy. There were 11 people dead on Friday here in the UK. Uh, Now there's 35. But seriously, are you any more worried now than you were then? Has anything changed over the course of the weekend to make you feel that this is more serious than you thought that it was? Doctors are telling us that by the end of this entire unprecedented episode, we will all have got coronavirus in some way, shape or form. The figure of 500,000 dead uh, has still been pushed as the uh, ultimate limit by some medical people. Uh, we'll be finding out from uh, not only the government, but from doctors and from you guys as well today, precisely what it is that we should be doing. The important thing is that we don't panic, we don't overpurchase at the shops, and that we don't issue stark statements about what the government should or should not be doing. Today, we will walk you through the latest news, hopefully calm your nerves, and bring you all the developments around the world as each country comes to grips with the biggest public health crisis in decades. But I'm still a the opinion uh, that the damage that is going to be done overall by the coronavirus will not be to the individuals who unfortunately succumb to the virus itself, but will be done to what we do about avoiding it. But of course, we want to hear from you, the voices of the people, the purveyors of common sense. We want your ideas, your hopes, and maybe even your fears. Call us, tell us what you're seeing, tell us what you're being told, tell us what other people that you know are doing. 0344 499 1000. There is clearly something to be concerned about if you're an older individual. Uh, If you're over 70, it may well be that you're told to self-isolate for four months. It may well be that if you know any elderly people or you have elderly relatives that you should be looking after them, but you have to do that in a way which is not going to put them in any sort of danger. These are strange and difficult times, people, but as long as we are here at Talk Radio, we will be providing you with the finest, most truthful and unhysterical service that we can. 0344 499 1000. We're not going to sit here criticising Boris Johnson just because we think he's a Tory. We're not going to do what the BMA has done, uh, which is to demand that the government does more and does it quicker. And we're certainly not going to demand what the BBC did uh, over the weekend, which is to go 200 scientists have written to the government to say they're not getting it right. Well, first of all, they weren't scientists. Some of them were PhD types and some of them quite frankly uh, were Remainers it's as simple as that you're listening to me Mike Graham right here on the fastest growing radio station in the world it is of course Talk Radio Mid-morning with Mike Graham Talk Radio So let's just take a little rain check on everything that has happened, Okay, In Scotland, the number of people testing positive for COVID-19 has risen to 153, which is a rise of 32 since Saturday. In Wales, health authorities confirmed 34 new cases on Sunday, bringing the country's total to 94. 11 new cases have also been recorded in Northern Ireland, bringing the total number of known cases there to 45. Now, of course, as you look around the world and as you see videos of places like Italy Italy, um, and Venice in particular, Rory Bremner put out a video of of Venice being completely and utterly uh, empty. Uh, No people whatsoever. Someone walking around, I don't know if it was him, filming the streets, filming the canals, filming St Mark's Square, where there's nobody walking around at all. Quite eerie looking, quite bizarre. Uh, Over in America, shelves are being emptied at the same rate as they're being emptied here. People are buying pasta, people are buying toilet roll, people are buying hand sanitizers in a way that they really shouldn't be because there's no reason to suspect that there will be any shortages of anything. There's no reason to suspect that this will not be going on for quite a long time. So just calm down. 
chill your jets and just buy what you need to buy for the moment and don't worry about trying to get everything into the house that you can as if you're going to be holed up for a year because I don't think you are. Let's talk to Andrew Morrison, Conservative MP for South West Wiltshire, former Shadow Health Minister as well. Andrew, very good morning to you. Morning, Mike. Thanks very much for joining us. It's a difficult one to kind of get your head around still, this one for me, because in the end, yes, there are lots of unfortunate people succumbing to this virus. There are still more people, however, who are not succumbing to it and still more people who, having got it, have recovered. Yes, and can I say I agree with your intro? Uh, at least 99% of it. I think that's a very good synopsis of where we are currently with this. Uh, look, the government's got to, got to clearly grip this. And I have to say up to this point, I've been quite, quite impressed with the comms it's been putting out yeah. uh, and its, its daily uh, reports on what's going on, trying to be free and frank with people, honest with people, uh, and not try to pull wool over people's eyes. But look, we will get through this. Uh, we have, we've been in similar situations before, uh, and we will prevail. But people have all got, we've all got to pull together with this one. Well, I agree with 99% uh, of what, what, what you've just said, Andrew, as well, apart from the <laughs> well, bit where you in, said... We're in complete agreement. Apart from the bit where you said we've been through this before, because I think a lot of people are saying to, them, to themselves they really haven't seen anything like this. Well, I, mean, I take a historical view of these things, and we certainly have been through uh, periods in our history where we've, uh, we, we've, we've been upset in some way. Society has been discombobulated, and we're certainly in that space right now. Yeah, and I, I think analogies that's... have been drawn with things like wars, for example. I'm, I'm a little bit queasy about those sorts of analogies, but certainly gearing up towards dealing with this thing definitively has that sort of sense about it, doesn't it? Oh, it really does. And I, as, as you say, I, th I think the, the, the worry I have is that there are many, many people out there who seem to have opinions that they think count uh, for more than what the government uh, scientists are saying, for more than what the government's medical advice is. I mean, I have, for example, no idea whether the, the Netherlands shutting down their schools is, a, is the right thing to do. I have no idea whether Ireland shutting down their pubs is the right thing to do. And I think we have to beware of just copying what everybody else is doing. Yes, I think so. Um, truly, um, we, need to, we need to proceed on the, on the basis of best available advice. So I think Sir Patrick Valence, the uh, Chief Scientific Advisor, and uh, Professor Chris Whitty, the Chief Medical Officer, are absolutely really impressive figures. Uh, they, of course, behind them is a whole raft of advisors and experts, and we're good at this sort of thing. So what they're saying, I think, is definitive. We need to follow what they're saying, not all this nonsense on social media. No, quite. But I suppose the difficulty for a lot of people, as they watch the way that this all unfolds, is that on the one hand, you say that, and I agree totally with you, but on the other hand, you get the government saying, well, we're not going to do that. Uh, we may do it in the future. We're not going to do it now. And then the next day, they end up doing it. Yeah, I think a lot of this is finely tuned. So because we're in a very dynamic situation and, you know, this is a novel virus, a clue is in the name, uh, we're learning more about it all the time and we're looking at what's happening in other countries, particularly in their experience. And, of course, you know, if the facts change, we change our minds. I'm afraid that's an inevitability uh, around this and people would expect that kind of plasticity in the advice that's being given. But at any one time, I think the advice being given is the best available. Absolutely. And as far as the, uh, the new policy of the government is concerned, it looks as though we are uh, likely to now see a kind of a daily briefing of one kind or another. What, what sort of form is that going to take? Well, I don't know, but I think the Prime Minister will largely do these. Um, I think he, he will feel he, he should do that. Uh, but flank with his with his experts, that's very important because actually it's important that those experts give, give the message. It's their message principally because the government will follow best available advice. And it's important, I think, for credibility uh, because we're all a bit sceptical about politicians, aren't we? Uh, that it's those experts that are actually articulating the message and saying what people should do. Yeah, exactly right. And a lot of companies are taking a lead here. I mean, we heard a lot over the weekend of how, you know, the sort of the, the football bodies in particular were out in front of the, uh, of the government. But I'm assuming the government did not wish to issue a dictum to the Premier League or to the Football League to say you must shut down all football because then that would have been a tricky uh, sort of argument to make, I suppose, better for them to make that decision. Well, it's a difficult one, this, because intuitively you would think, well, you close down everything immediately. Um, but in fact, the evidence suggests that if you do that, you can have um, a completely counter uh, um, uh, result from mm. that, and things will get worse as a result. I mean, I've heard Chris Whitty, for example, say that if you close down uh, football matches, people will simply go to the pub, which is an enclosed public space, yeah. and probably you're going to do more harm than good. Now, for many of us, of course, who are not experts, not epidemiologists, that sounds a bit odd, but I think, again, we have to rely upon the best evidence available. Yeah, I mean, certainly I was told anecdotally by people in Dublin that when the Dublin-hosted um, uh, game between Italy and, and Ireland was cancelled, all of the Italian fans 
came to Dublin anyway because they'd already got tickets to go there, they'd already got hotels booked, they'd already got flights booked, and the travel business is not being that great at the moment. Um, they're getting better at it, but at that time they were not that great in sort of supplying refunds to people who didn't make trips. Yeah, and I think the other important thing here is I'm not quite sure how, we can, how long we can sustain uh, a complete shutdown in, in society. Uh, and I think uh, the experts are thinking, well, we can do this for a short period of time potentially, uh, but after a while people will start drifting back. And particularly as we start getting to the tail end of the year, uh, the nightmare, of course, is this will come back and bite us a bit like 1918, for mm. example, and perhaps in a more virulent form. So we, we want to try and make sure that does not happen. And the way that does not happen is having a balanced and measured way of addressing this right now, flattening that curve. And if we're right about the epidemiology, I have every confidence in that, uh, then we will avoid the worst of it. And a couple of things which I think have, have been good developments, I don't know whether you've seen over in uh, uh, Belfast, in West Belfast, I think there's an Iceland uh, which is actually opening up its doors early, I believe, today for the first time, to let people over 65 go shopping there, uh, and only people over 65, which would kind of suggest that uh, that's something that other people could do. What do you make of that? I hadn't heard that, but that sounds extremely far-sighted to me. I think there is an issue around isolating people, obviously, because of social isolation and all that comes with that. And again, that's, that's kind of part of this thinking about when do we, when do we issue this advice? Because we, can we really sustain it for four or five months? I'm not sure we can. So things like that, working with industry, absolutely uh, first rate. But the point you made about panic buying, I mean, it is so nonsensical. Yeah. People must not do this. It's just foolish. They'll just end up with larders and, and fridges and things full of stuff, pasta and goodness knows what, um, and it'll be to no, uh, to no good. Uh, what we need to do is people uh, behaving rationally and sensibly and in a grown-up fashion. And what do you see as the kind of end game here? Because a lot of people are asking me at the moment, when is the peak uh, supposed to hit? And I guess when you're trying to flatten that bell curve, you don't absolutely know where it is. You just kind of keep trying to push it away slightly. Well, you, you don't. I mean, obviously, we need to protect our National Health Service. And I know the NHS right across the country, because I've been speaking with them over the weekend, have been approaching this in, in, in various ways. And the aim is to reduce elective activity, routine activity, and anticipation of demands upon them, particularly intensivists and ventilators, and crucially, the staff that, 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 that support those things. And all that is going on right now and at pace. But we do have to ensure uh, that if we do get a very large number of people who require uh, treatment on a ventilator, then those ventilators are available uh, to them. And I've been quite impressed by what I've seen so far about the NHS reconfiguring. But there is, of course, a cost to this. And people need to understand that because I suspect they're going to be told about it this week. And that is a lot of elective operations and procedures and appointments in our National Health Service are probably going to have to be delayed. Yes. And, that's and I'm, I believe you're a doctor yourself, Andrew. What, what exactly would be classified and categorised as an elective surgery? Because, I mean, I know people personally who are going in for say, for example, some quite serious surgery, I would regard it as serious anyway, um, but it's not until, say, next month. Is that something that you would consider to be elective? Well, I, I, it's a very good question, and I think uh, things that would be considered to be truly elective are things like orthopaedic uh, procedures, um, knee operations, hip operations, mm. those sorts of things. They're important, of course they are, uh, but they're not urgent. Right. Now, there's, of course, a middle ground, and that is people going for serious uh, surgery related, for example, to uh, cancers, those sorts of things. I, I think the NHS will want to protect those as far as it possibly can. OK. And as far as the uh, House of Commons is concerned, we, we, we obviously know about Nadine Dorries, we've read her story, and we know about the row that's going on between her and Andrew Bridgen's wife, which is um, mildly entertaining, apart from anything else, I have to say. But what's happening with um, uh, the House of Commons? Because there are obviously people who think that all of you guys meeting hundreds of you at a time uh, in one small place is a bit uh, unwise. Yeah, I don't know. I suspect we'll, we'll, we'll see this develop over the course of the week. And, of course, it does depend upon the outcome of, of today's COBRA and the emergency powers bill that we're going to be seeing this week. That is important we get those things through. I'm told that, to be core, the, the House of Commons has to have 40 members of Parliament. So you could envisage a situation where, in fact, um, most MPs uh, are stood down. But we do have a reduced uh, in size Commons to hold the government to account and minister after minister has been saying it is important that at this time of crisis we are able to hold them to account which is absolutely right so parliament in one shape or form in my opinion uh, needs to remain stood up and I look forward to hearing what that actually means in the course of this week. And for a lot of parents obviously the closure of schools is a key issue. Um, some parents I think are already keeping their kids home and if they wish to that's not a problem right? 
Um, yes, I think schools are in a slightly different space to closing down public spaces, actually. We're coming up to the Easter holidays, of course, when schools will close in any event. And I don't know, but I, I'm guessing uh, ministers are listening closely, obviously, to the best available advice and acting upon it, but are rather hoping that that advice allows us at least to finish this term. And then we move into Easter, and then we have to see what happens. Uh, but again, it is down to the advice, and mercifully, with this COVID-19 bug, uh, we know that actually children are protected. They're not really at risk from this, although they can possibly pass it on. No, they're not. Um, but certainly what you wouldn't want is any parent who could, who could pass it on to an elderly relative of their own, not wanting to expose their children perhaps mm -hmm. to um, something that they could then bring home, if, if you like. And I would like yeah. to see the government saying, for example, that if you choose to do that as a parent, you will not be penalised by the school. All oh, right, I see. Yeah, of course, of course, and I expect that 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 to be happening. But but it, it does depend upon the outcome. I think of meetings over the course of the next 48 hours, really, in particular Cobra tonight, and I suspect it's highly likely that advice, further advice and guidance of schools will be forthcoming. Right, and I appreciate um, that you're a former shadow uh, shadow health minister, uh, so you're not necessarily speaking for the government. But at the moment, what is your understanding of the kind of the the the, the number of infected people in this country? Uh, look, I don't know. Um, all, I, all, I, uh, all I would say is anecdotally, you know, you're hearing all the time of people who have tested positive. My guess, and it's just a guess, and it's based upon very little other than a hunch, is mm. there are far more people out there who would test positive for COVID-19 uh, if we were to go out and do a, some sort of community right. study uh, than perhaps the headline figures would suggest. And I'll tell you what would be really useful, and I've heard this from a lot of people, if the government was able to, and I don't know if there's a reason why they can't do this, but if the government was able to, if they could release the number of people who have had coronavirus and recovered, I think that would really do a lot to reassure people. Well, interestingly, I think that's more or less what's happening now. So we've had a number of high-profile figures uh, in the media saying, look, I've, I've had this, uh, this is what it was like, and I've come out the other side. Yeah. And those are people who have actually been symptomatic. Mm. And we think there are a large number of people, perhaps, who, who have had it but not been symptomatic. Right. Uh, but, it, you know, it's a novel coronavirus, and, and the clue, as I say, is in the name. We don't know everything we should know, really, about the behaviour of this thing. Our understanding of it is developing all the time. OK. So you're expecting the next government statement to be later on tonight after COBRA, or will there well, be something before that? Well, we know the Prime Minister is going to make uh, the first of his uh, daily... Uh, appearances um, today. Um, so we will hear uh, from Boris Johnson himself about where we are with this. But I think nobody could criticise Boris for not being forthcoming in terms of uh, speaking frankly and openly uh, in, in, to the public. I, I would welcome that. I think, you know, his honesty and sincerity comes through all the time. And I think people need that kind of trust in their political leaders. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And it's only the lefties in the BMA and uh, some various assorted so-called scientists who don't like Boris and don't like uh, Brexit who are having a go. But that's just the world we live in now, I'm afraid. Andrew, thank you very much indeed. Andrew Morrison, Conservative MP for South West Wiltshire, former Shadow Health Minister, of course, also a doctor. Very sensible, very sane, the kind of voices we want to hear on this show because what we don't want is rabid maniacs. What we don't want uh, is lefties. What we don't want is Ramonas uh, who are going to try and make Brexit the focus of something which is a worldwide pandemic problem, which started, by the way, not in Downing Street. You know, Dominic Cummings didn't invent this disease, OK? It came from China. Right? Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. Um, we've got loads to do today and lots more coming up throughout the course of the day. Don't forget that actually uh, what we have coming up later on will be the first of a daily briefing from Boris Johnson. Uh, not sure exactly what time that's going to be happening yet, but they have taken the view, uh, the government, that perhaps they weren't communicating as well as they could be to the general public. So now, from this point on, they will be giving us daily updates as to what is happening, presumably including statistics, including the latest out break figures. But what I think they ought to be doing as well, in my view anyway, uh, is actually giving us the numbers of people who have got the virus but who have since recovered because I think that would go a long way uh, to calming people down, to making sure that people were not getting too carried away with all of the panic that's going on. And I'm delighted to say now uh, that I'm going to speak with Professor Carol Sikora, uh, who's an oncologist and founding dean and professor of medicine at the University of Buckingham because this is somebody who I've been following on Twitter of late because he's been a very sound 
and solid, sensible voice of reason about what is going on. Professor, a very good morning to you. Welcome. Good morning. Thanks very much indeed for joining us. Pleasure. You have been one of the very few, I'm sorry to say, um, voices of sanity in this whole situation because I can't quite imagine or believe how many people out there have suddenly turned into experts in virology who are going around telling everybody the government's getting it wrong. I know. It is a terrible, a unique situation. Yeah. And as you say, people don't put the good side. Lots of people are recovered. In most, it's a relatively minor illness, no mm. worse than the flu. And we recover from it. OK, there's a small percentage of people that predominantly have previous medical conditions can actually die from it. But it's not necessarily the virus that is causing them to die. They're being pushed into it because they have all these other problems. Yes. And I think hysteria is really not going to help. It really isn't. Because one of the things that, that, that I've seen is that all of the deaths, sad and tragic as they are, and increasing in number as they will and as they do, um, I have not yet seen anyone dying from this disease, certainly not in Europe, or if they did not have underlying health problems or if they were not of a certain age. Well, there are a few, especially from China, but on the whole, it's a very small percentage of healthy people that are affected mm. that actually die. And what would that be? What, what could have caused that then? It, it's the way in which the body's reacting to the virus. The virus sits in the little cells in the lung. It gets engulfed them. The, the lung cells think it's their long-lost friend, engulfs them, and then it destroys them, produces more virus, and that infects other cells. Now, people's immune systems react differently to that insult. Some quiet, no problem, and it all goes away. Others have a violent reaction. You get fluid in the lung and uh, all sorts of problems then develop, secondary infection and so on. Now, if you have pre-existing lung disease or you're in cardiac failure, then you're predisposed to get a more serious effect in the lung. Right. That's where the ventilators come in. You need the ventilators if you get serious respiratory problems. And so if you're sitting at home at the moment listening to this radio show and you're slightly concerned about whether you are a danger or in danger from this and you're, say, in your 40s or your 50s, what, what, how, what can you tell people um, to maybe reassure them? I think the government advice so far has been great. Wash your hands, avoid situations where do social distancing. That seems a reasonable concept. Uh, but don't panic. And... Uh, if you do get symptoms, uh, the advice now, as we hear, is not to phone 111, just take ibuprofen, aspirin. Whiskey and lemon's my favourite tipple okay. uh, when you have, with some honey in it. Uh, and, and just do that. Treat it like a cold. Uh, but don't get obsessed with it. And I think the, the, rule, the Matt Hancock statement yesterday morning that the over 70s should isolate pre pre preventatively it would be a disaster. I don't think it'll happen. Well, this is the thing. I mean, we, with every day that passes, we get another development. I mean, this morning we're seeing a, a breaking news story, Ryanair saying it plans to ground the majority of its aircraft across Europe over the next seven to ten days due to uh, COVID-19. Uh, we, we've got pubs in Ireland closing down. I mean, I don't think it's going to be long before London uh, restaurants start to close because there's just no point in them opening because there's nobody going. Absolutely. I went out for dinner in London last night. I was the only people, the only people at the restaurant. Right. Uh, uh, that is the possibility. But fear is the worst enemy for everybody. It avoids logical thought. And I think the government's communications have been great, but now it's beginning to show its strains. And the, the, that business about the over-70s has really been badly thought out and badly communicated. Yes, I wanted to ask you about the government's communications because they are now, this, this uh, day, changing the way that they talk to people. Um, have they been wrong not to be more open, do you think? No, I think they've been fairly open. Chris Witt is great and uh, he's the chief... Well, I have a great deal of confidence in him. I mean, he exudes exactly. confidence, uh, as does um, uh, the other guy, uh, Valance, who's been talking. Yeah, they both seem to be very sensible. And, and so far, the policies have been very reasonable. But I think um, the, the over-70s one, uh, just cocooning people for four months, is on the hoof policy-making, and it's not been thought through. Yes, I see that you've been tweeting about that, suggesting yeah. that there are sort of side issues to things like that, which might make it very difficult, because not everybody has supporting family, not everybody has a support network, and exactly. you'd, ha you'd be having to rely on a sort of different community setup, really. So maybe set up the community first and then do it. Exactly. And, you know, people have got dogs to walk. They, they need to go places. Uh, and people will go crazy. If they haven't got a garden, they're sitting in a flat, they've got nowhere to go. Uh, and it's sunny out there, spring's coming clearly. 
and uh, what's going to happen to them? They'll go bonkers. Yeah. I was listening to a doctor last night on the radio who was basically saying that everyone in the end will get this in this country, which while uh, some people would find a terrifying thought, uh, I don't because the vast majority of those people won't be, be particularly unwell. Exactly. You may already have had it. Yeah. Well, I wonder if I have, actually, because I had a very long sort of lasting and inter-directional cold for the best part of about two and a half months over the course of winter. Yeah, I I have too. So, uh, uh, but I'm feeling good now. And, uh, you know, the the real question is a lot of people over 70 now. 70 is the new 50. I'm over 70 myself. 70 is the new 50. People have got jobs. I'm a very good friend of mine who I regularly drink with in the pub uh, is 71. Yeah. And he's fit as a fiddle. He's fitter than me. And people walk 20 miles. I can walk 20 miles, no yeah. problem. Right. Up hills and down. And, and, lot, and it, it's your fitness, not your age, that matters. Your general, if you've got lots, if you're 50, you're overweight, you're diabetic, you've got COPD, you smoke heavily, you're at greater risk than a 70-year-old that can just uh, wander around. Yeah, what is it about smoking that seems to be a problem? Because a lot of people are suggesting that that Italy, in particular, um, may have got this worse than everybody else because a lot of people smoke, they've got a relatively elderly population, and many of the elderly live with their younger family members. That all things are true, and uh, the smoking damages the, the little air sacs in the lung, which is the home to the virus when it goes in, and that's why if you've got underlying lung disease, and if you smoke 20 a day for 30 years, you're going to have underlying lung disease, mm. then the virus can do much more damage, and your capacity to cope with the inevitable damage is much less if your lungs are not healthy right. to start with. Same okay. with cardiac problems and yeah. heart problems. Right. Uh, so, I mean, as far as the way that it's playing out in this country, can you deduce anything from how that's going in terms of how it's differently developing yeah. here to, to say the way it did in, in Italy or in China? You know, Italy's a real... We can't understand why Italy was so badly targeted by the virus. Um, China, we know that's where it started. Korea, because of a lot of communication with China... Italy, it made no sense. I mean, I've uh, read stories which said it had a lot to do with the garment industry um, exactly. and the fact that many um, of the clothes that, are, that end up in Italy being produced by Italian manufacturers are made in China. It could be. And there's a lot of communication. Chinese people move to Italy to, and, and so on. But I think uh, Britain, it seems to have been slower. Uh, in Italy, the impression we get now is that it's coming to its peak. It, the number of new cases, new deaths are going up, but new cases is beginning to fall. China, they've closed all the hospitals they built because there's no need for them now. They seem to have passed the peak and yeah. they're going down. And, that, and Korea, the same. So that's really good news. So that, Italy began about five weeks ago. Uh, the cases started, and now it's going down. We've been going for about two weeks, so mm. we would think the peak will be in April, and then by, by June it should be manageable. Right. And we and won't panic anymore. No. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, the difficulty here is controlling the population in a way, and I, I worry sometimes that too much information is actually not a good thing. I mean, if you were sitting... If, if I was a little old man with my dog sitting in a cottage on top of a hill somewhere in North Wales... I wouldn't know it and didn't read the newspaper, yeah. didn't listen to your programme. I would think everything's fine. Yeah. Well, I actually said that. I, I actually said that. To... out there today. Fabulous. Yeah, I actually said that at the weekend. If nobody had told us that coronavirus <laughs> existed, we wouldn't know. We wouldn't be any the wiser. We wouldn't care that a load of people were dying somewhere else uh, other than here. And the fact that maybe 35 people have now uh, been uh, found to have died in this country wouldn't really be a big deal. Well, you wouldn't know. And people, the death rate every day is very significant. And uh, as I said earlier, it's, it's the, the people that are dying are people that were going to die anyway, virus or not, yeah. they've been brought forward. Which, which sounds a little bit on the callous side, but it's the truth, isn't yeah, it? It's true. And, uh, you know, do we have to impose draconian measures so a few people can live an extra few weeks, but they were going to die anyway? Yeah. So these are profound questions for society. We've never faced it before as a a group of individuals. So in your view, um, looking at, say, Ireland as a comparison to us, since we're relatively similar in in our sort of outlook on life and in our population, if you want, um, are they overstepping and getting carried away with this, do you think? I think what's interesting is you get conflicting reports. Yeah. And because politicians have to be seen to be doing something, have to act decisively. 
And the trouble is they're getting conflicting advice. So, you know, the pubs shut in Southern Ireland, in Ireland, but they don't shut in Northern Ireland. Right. School closes. Scotland say they're not going to... 70-year-olds can do what they like. Mm. They're not going to adhere to that policy. This is madness. Everyone's using different bits of evidence or lack of evidence to come to the conclusion. But politicians have to be seen to act. And, you know, that's one of the problems. Look at Trump. He's a great example. Close the borders just totally. That's it. And no evidence, WHO says, don't close borders. But people are are jittery. They want to be seen to be doing it. And, of course, the borders aren't closed anyway because I was talking to my sister who lives in New York who said that in New York at the weekend there were queues of eight hours to get through immigration and that was for the Americans coming back from Europe. So they haven't shut the borders anyway. No, and air crew are still... The planes are still flying. And the air crews are going in and out. If it was that contagious, they would all have it and they would be spreading it as they go. So it's very illogical to have draconian measures when they may not be effective, basically. No, right. And one final question, Professor. Andy has asked me this. Could you ask your expert, please, if you can get the virus without actually realising you've had it? Yes, indeed. And uh, there's no doubt that uh, a lot of people, almost certainly, if we tested them, would prove positive. But they've they've had mild symptoms, maybe you and I, and uh, they've gone away and they're fine. And so everybody's reaction to the virus is very different. Some, it's extreme and dangerous. Others, it's just a mild problem or nothing at all. No, exactly right. Great to talk to you, Professor. Thank you very much indeed. Professor Carol Sikora, oncologist and founding dean and professor of medicine at the University of Buckingham. A sensible voice in a sea of absolute and utter madness. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We're talking about a great many things this morning. We'll be bringing you news on what's going on travel-wise. But how about this? The UK Foreign Office has updated its travel advice, warning against all but essential travel to the United States and to Spain. Jet 2 have cancelled all flights to Spain, including Balearic and Canary Islands. British Airways has announced it's expecting to cancel 75% of its flights to the US between now and the end of April. I think now it goes my plan to visit my mother. And travel company TUI has cancelled the vast majority of its holidays and EasyJet has warned most of its fleet could be grounded in response to the coronavirus outbreak. Coming on top of that, the news that Ryanair is probably going to cancel most of their flights as well. So, Probably the best advice is don't go anywhere. But let's talk to Christian Walmart now, uh, who's a frequent guest on the Julia Hartley Breakfast Show, of course. He is uh, a labourite. He is a man who has spent many a year uh, doing all all sorts of things, uh, fitness-wise. He's 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 over 70, I would say. I don't think I'm insulting him by saying that, but he's a keen cyclist, he's a keen walker, uh, and he's not happy about this idea of being locked up for four months. Christian, a very good morning to you. Good morning. And uh, you've just interrupted my run on Hampstead Heath, actually. Mike. There you go. How but, is it up there? Is it a bit deserted? Uh, it's, uh, no, quite the opposite. I've never seen so many people on the heath on, on a weekday before. Really? I think that everybody's bunking off work and going for a walk on the heath. <laughs> I mean, certainly the the, tr- the, 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 the the train this morning, the Jubilee Line, was a bit busier than I was expecting it to be, but it's certainly not at its normal peak, and lots of people are clearly working from home or, or taking the opportunity not to go into an office. But you're not too happy about this suggestion that all 70 and over people should have to uh, self isolate for four months. 
No, I mean, look, this is just a, a ludicrous idea that is not kind of properly thought out. That is then kind of spun out in a Daily Telegraph article and then on the Andrew Marr show without any coherent explanation. Now, of course, I am, like everybody else, rather limiting my contacts. I'm, you know, I'm not going to kind of big public meetings. Actually, most of my meetings have been cancelled anyway. Right. But I, the idea that I've got to stay at home for four months and not allowed out, apparently Grant Schatz, the transport secretary, gave us permission to go walk the dog. <laughs> so, OK. But, you know, this is insane. I, I need to keep active. I need to keep my job going. I need occasionally to see people. But, of course, I'll, I'll, if I got any symptoms, I would stay at home. But the idea that just because I'm over 70, I've got to stay at home, it's bonkers. Well, it is mad. I mean, I've got, as I was saying earlier, a good, very good friend of mine who I see usually once every two weeks, if not once every week, for a drink. You know, he's 71, and he's fit as a fiddle. And in fact, you know, he hasn't looked changed since he was since I knew him sort of 25, 30 years ago. And basically, it's not a one-size-fits-all. I think it's right, this is why I think it's right, though, that the government says, look, if you are feeling unwell, then you should self-isolate. I don't think this kind of mass... Um, um, you know, sort of treatment of people is ever going to be a good thing. No, I think it's unsustainable. Now, some people, I've caused a bit of a Twitter storm over this. I, I've never had so many tweets, and some of them are, are very supportive, and they're people like me who are, uh, you know, above the age of 70 and pretty fit. And some of them are saying, well, I'm being selfish. Well, no, the idea is not I'm being selfish. I, I, you know, I need to get out for my own physical and mental well-being. Yes. And, of course, I will take precautions. But... You know, the whole idea that, that people who say, well, you know, if you get ill, then you're taking up a bed of a younger person. Well, you know, you can apply that to anybody. Well, exactly, exactly. But also, when did we become such busybodies? You know, what you do is your own affair. You know, what somebody on Twitter wants you to do is none of their business, quite frankly. Yes, and I, look, look, we are all being sensible about this, you know, and I think, to be honest, uh, Mike, I think... Yeah, London, you know, you might have seen on television the pictures of Madrid uh, uh, yesterday on the news. Yeah. I think that London's probably going to look like that in a week or two. You know, people are just going to uh, not come out. But that that's fine. But, you know, please leave us uh, uh, over 70s alone. Now, there is a, you know, apparently I have a higher chance of dying from it. But do I? I'm a very fit 70-year-old. Some people are unfit 50-year-olds. Well, that's so, right. So what is, the, what is the balance there? Why single me out? Well, this is the trouble, and I wonder whether somehow it's difficult to communicate that to people because it's very clear uh, that there are many people in their 70s now who are, you know, I mean, 70, they say, is the new 50, for heaven's sake, Absolutely. never mind the new 60. And, I mean, I know plenty of very fit people who are over the age of 70. Equally, I know plenty of very unfit people under the age of 40. But that's the problem. We're not really being told who exactly is at risk because it's all very well to say, well, underlying health conditions could be anything from obesity to smoking to, I don't know, um, you know, suffering from cancer, having a low immune system. I mean, it's not that clear. No, absolutely. And I think that's one of the big problems. I mean, last week I was good to now get a daily press conference uh, from the government. But I do think we need much more... Uh, clear detail about who is likely to be affected, you know, and what what the percentages are, what the what the odds are, because you know we need to we need to also get on with our lives, and and it's particularly important, I think, for older people to get out there and get some fresh air. I think. You know, you're going to kill a lot of old people if they're kind of in prison for four months. Mm. I mean, there are those who say that this is just Boris Johnson's revenge on Jeremy Corbyn to stop him from coming to the House of Commons. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's six months older than me. Yeah, well, there you are. And he looks pretty fit to me. Uh, he's very fit. I see him sometimes in Finsley Park doing a, doing a jog, actually. And, right. uh, you know, he's, he's worked pretty hard, even if pretty... Um, uh, to no avail, but he's worked pretty hard over the last uh, few years. Uh, and, you know, it's just, just, I think, as you say, you know, in this day and age, people in their 70s are not necessarily kind of at home with a yeah. stick and a zimmer frame. No, right. So are you saying that you will be one of the uh, People's Republic of uh, Rebellion if you then decide, if you get told by the government you have to stay indoors? Well, I think uh, if, if they dare come and arrest me... Um, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a catch you first, right? drag me up and put me in an overcrowded uh, prison where I'm likely to get coronavirus. To be, to be honest, most of the um, uh, police that I see walking the streets of London these days probably couldn't catch you. 
<laughs> no, that's absolutely the case. And uh, 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 I certainly will uh, be on the run. Yes, good man. Well, listen, Christian, hopefully it won't happen. Christian Walmart there, uh, a transport journalist, Labour campaigner, of course, associate of Jeremy Corbyn's, friend of Jeremy Corbyn's, sees him on a regular basis uh, working out at Finsbury Park. There's, there is no reason, I don't think, for the government to tell all people over 70 to stop going out, to self-isolate. There really isn't any need. Poe says this, uh, how about uh, a great call from Alison in Devon? She's going to shop at a superstore for elderly villagers at two in the morning and deliver it to them at eight. Hashtag true Brit. I think that's absolutely right. Absolutely, I mean, you, there are so many good people in this country and so many reasons why we can beat this pandemic, we can beat this virus, not by being frightened of it, not by absolutely and utterly buying everything in the shop that you happen to go to when you happen to be there, not by stockpiling toilet paper, not uh, by telling Boris Johnson and the government what they're doing wrong, but by helping one another and by actually being kind to one another. And if you know somebody who perhaps is a, in a vulnerable group, who is elderly and who is not, uh, like Christian Walmart, particularly fit and who might be in danger of getting this virus and dying from it, then help them out. Go and buy them some stuff. Go and get them some groceries. Go to the shops on their behalf and deliver it back to them, being careful not to make sure that you have any contact with them, OK? It's a very simple thing to do, but it could be a massive help in the way that this virus is defeated over the course of the next few weeks and months, because it's going to be here for the next few weeks and months. There can be no doubt about that. Now, don't forget, we are live streaming on YouTube, on Facebook and on Twitter, so you can watch us as well as listening to us. Coming up in the next hour, we'll take more of your calls. Loads more of you uh, want to talk to us. We want to have your views and your experiences. We are, you are the eyes and ears of this radio show and indeed of this radio station. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Well, there's no sport to get yourself uh, worked up about. There's nothing to watch. There's nowhere to go. Uh, at the moment, there are still places you can visit in London. There are still restaurants open. There are still bars open. Borough Market is still open. Uh, in fact, we may be hearing from Borough Market uh, later on this week as we were going to do a sort of St. Patrick's Day celebration with them. But, of course, St. Patrick's Day has all but been cancelled uh, into the bargain. Let's talk to Graham, who's in Ben dawn because he's on holiday uh, but he's stranded there i think graham a very good uh, afternoon to you hi mike um i'm i'm in Benidorm in my camper van right. and uh we've been we've been here for a month or so now and Benidorm was completely shut down there on friday every single bar restaurant or public place was closed you can't sit on the beach you can't go to the beach you can't walk along the really? promenade uh, yeah it's, it's completely the police are down there but now when yeah as of yesterday we're not allowed out of our camper van or off of our pitch, other than ex exceptional circumstances. We're not, we, we can't drive or walk around the campsite. We can't, if we do go out of the camper van, we need to go in single file. So I can't walk with my wife. I must walk apart from her. Um, the shops are empty. The, the, the supermarkets are empty. I spoke to somebody um, earlier who went out with their wife to get some supplies. They were walking along and somebody was walking together. They were separated by the police. Um, uh, it's just, it's, it's, I don't think people in the UK are taking it seriously no. and know how bad it is. Well, I mean, are you not allowed to leave effectively then? We, we've been told we can leave the campsite. Right. But, and lots and lots and lots of people have left the campsite. But I don't know where we're going to go. Right. We, if we've got... We've got a 600-mile drive to, to Bilbao. Um, some of the, as you said earlier, some of the ports and ferries are closed. Our ferry still possibly could work, but then we've got 24 hours on a possible virus boat. Yes. I'm not really not looking forward to that. Right. So I think we just, we've just got to have the best of it and say maybe we'll just have to sit it out and right. for however long it is, we'll have did to you, wait. I mean, did you drive, you, you came presumably, did you come from Plymouth to Bilbao or something? No, we went ports, ports to Bilbao. To okay, all right. And I mean, what? Well, one, do you have going back you, the same way. Do you have to be back in in Britain for any, anything in particular? No, no, no. We're retired, so so we can survive. You right. know, we've got no pressing matters with work, but right. but it's just obviously, um, you know, you the feeling of being stranded, and and it's just you can't understand how what this is like. But I'm looking across now from my my front window at the main road. The only things that you see a lot driving along the main road is the odd car and the police. Yes, there's no there's nobody there's nobody in sight, and if. If you've ever seen or heard of Benidorm, it's just full I of have. people. The well, funnily enough, I saw. I mean, I saw some stuff on Twitter over the weekend of people filming Benidorm at night, completely deserted, which looked really odd, right? 
But I just wonder, and I don't know this because I, I'm not an expert and I'm not pretending to be one, I mean, I'm not sure that they need to do that in this country. They may well end up doing that in this country, but, you know, there's no guarantee that whatever they're doing there is working any better, really. No, you know, you're absolutely right. But I think Spain economically could not afford to take this measure and they and they took it and they took it very swiftly and they're getting harder and harder with it. So, so... Somebody knows something, you know, it's, it's a really severe measure. Yes. No, I think they're absolutely um, in a bit of a panic mode because we've been talking to our correspondent in Madrid. Uh, they've got a lockdown there. You're not allowed to go anywhere unless you're going to work. You are allowed to go to the shop, but you can only go to the shop and then come straight home again. You know, I mean, it seems as though economically Spain was already a basket case. I mean, God knows what it's going to be like after this. I mean, can you go to the shops and get food? Yeah, you're exactly right. You can you can go to the food if there's food in the shops, and you can go out for essential services such as the doctors or the pharmacies. But but you know, just the, on the campsite, we've got a communal uh, area, we've got a bar, we've got a pool, we've got everything, and it's everything is closed. You must stay in your in your caravan or camper van and uh, and just sit it out, really. Well, one thing I did see over the weekend as well was that 88 couples came out of all... 88 couples were amongst the, a load of couples who came out from being in self-isolation and immediately got divorced. So you might have to be careful you don't spend too much time with the missus. <laughs> there's, there's, always a, there's always a bright side. There's always a bright side. <laughs> the, pe the, pe the people in the hotels, we understand, there's security guards in the reception of the hotels. They must stay in their rooms... Um, and obviously you've got to realise that some people may only have bed and breakfast or room only. Sure. So there's nowhere to buy food. There's no, you know, so, you know, it's almost like they're struggling to eat. Yeah. Not, you know, and, well, and also people everybody's in, here for St Patrick's Day. Yeah, and also people in hotels, presumably, are there for a fixed amount of time, so they'll have to leave. But if they can't leave, what do they do then? Uh, it's, it, it's really, I think there'll be space in the hotel because I don't think anybody's coming, although... Interestingly, we spoke to somebody on the campsite today who actually come back because they were in the way out to go to the UK for a family emergency, right. and they'd come back to rescue the camper van, and they they were waved through Alicante Airport. They didn't show their passport, they didn't show any documents, they didn't go for any any uh, um, customs. Right. They were literally they had masks on, and they were just waved through. Just get off the plane and get out of the airport. Don't show your passport. Wow. Don't, I don't care. Just get out. I mean, would you consider driving back up through France, maybe, in the camper van and getting on the ferry in, in Calais? Our friends would... That's quite a good option because, the, the obviously, the Euro Tunnel is a good option yeah. because we can stay within our own confined uh, home sure. and, and do that. But it's 1,300 miles away. That's a long way through France and Spain yeah. with the road closures, with the... You know, with the potential, we hear that the airs and places like that that you would normally stop and campsites yes. that you would normally stop are not, accept, are not accepting new people. So we don't know. And it could be quite know, expensive, I suppose. Uh, it's, yeah, it's never cheap. But, uh, they, you know, obviously here we've got water and we've got, you know, we can we can sit it out. Whereas mm. if we go, our friends are due to leave today and they were going to run to Cali exactly as you said yeah. um, and they decided to wait for a while they just because it's changing so quickly from I can't explain to you how bad it's got since Friday it's, it's wow. literally it's, it's just unbelievable mm. unbelievable well listen Graham I really appreciate you letting us know thank you for that information Graham's stuck in Benidorm no, uh, nobody's allowed to go to the beach nobody's allowed to go out of the campsite nobody's allowed to do anything not allowed to sit by the pool sounds terrible sounds absolutely awful if you've got friends uh, in any part of the world uh, that you've got information for us, we'd love to hear it because that would be very helpful to pass on to other people. 0344 499 1000. Trevor uh, is in Gloucester. Hello, Trevor. Good uh, morning. How Good. are you? I'm very well indeed. How are you doing? Excellent. I'm a great listener of yours every morning because I work from home. Oh, good. Well, so you're used to self isolation then? I am. I'm, a, I'm an older person as well. Yep. Not as uh, old as, uh, as the government think I should be isolated by law. Right. But uh, yeah, I'm at home. Although I've got two young kids. Okay, so and are you are you sort of study. are you are you worried at all, or are you, what, are you doing anything differently? Um, no, I'm not worried. Worried, but I'm being cautious. Oh. Um, I'm not going out much, and I'm sort of careful about what my kids do. Actually, my kids' school closed today. They said it was because of fire alarms oh, yeah. not working, and I wondered if it was a bit of a ruse. I don't know, but they're, not, they're at home anyway. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I wonder whether some schools are going to start doing that kind of thing and just basically saying, look, you know, um, we, we, we think you, if you want to keep your kids at home, just go ahead and do it, because it might be happening soon anyway. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know if they're allowed to do it as far as the government are concerned. 
officially, so maybe they do it on the sly. I don't no. know. Now, you made, made, you made something for, for older people, I understand. Yeah, about two or three years ago, I developed a product um, that was essentially with my mother in mind. Okay. My mother being much older, 80-something, right. never, ever used a computer in her life. Mm. Um, and there she was on her own with just a landline, right. which is very boring seeing I lived abroad. My sister lived miles away. So bottom line is that we, the, only con- the only way to contact her, unless it's a visit, was phone calls. Okay. And the phone calls are just completely boring. So the idea of getting Skype or, or, or iPads, just no way. So I'm sitting there abroad thinking, what can I do? So over a period of time, developed a product. And we started, you know, marketing that product essentially for older people living alone who needed a bit of, you know, help. Okay. Um, and, and suddenly along comes coronavirus. Now, I said to your producer, there's no way I would ring up trying to be some clever guy trying to make money, trying to sort of say, oh, yippee, yippee, free advertising. But what I am saying is I've got a product. It's sitting there. It needs to be talked about. And a lot of people, including care homes, are already starting to get interested. And is it like an iPad? What what, what, what is it? No, no, no. You've got two choices, but basically you've got a... a, Shall I tell you the problem with an iPad? Yeah, go on. My mother, if she, if she could even hold an iPad, which she used to do occasionally when I was abroad and spoke to her on Skype with my sister holding the iPad, yeah. it's all over the place, and I'm looking up her nose. Right, yeah. So I've de- developed this product called Amber in a, in a holder, which is very durable, very nice, and it's easy, easy, easy to use. My mother could use it, and I promise you she can't <laughs> use much. Okay, but it's effectively a screen that you're looking at. Yeah, you're saying? looking at a screen that's got all kinds of good things on there. All right. Actually, I don't want to do a big promo on the phone. I feel embarrassed. But anyway, look, I'll tell you what it does. Well, if you tell us the name, people can go look for it, and then you won't Absolutely. feel as if you've been selling it. Well, here's the bottom line. It's video calling, you can send pictures, you can send messaging, and you can also check up on their daily schedule, see if they're taking pills, if they need to, okay. blah, blah, blah. So you can go and find it in two places. Right. Blueberry-health.co.uk. Okay. Right. Or com. Okay. And those two websites are linked to each other. And if anybody wants to contact me via email... They could by um, Amber Systems 2020 at gmail.com. Okay. Well, listen, Trevor, I appreciate that because it may well be of great use to some people. And I, I don't mind uh, giving out uh, uh, sort of sales information on things which might help the elderly to get through this coronavirus uh, situation that we currently are finding ourselves in. I'm not calling it a crisis yet because it's got some way to go before it's an actual crisis. There are people uh, who are being affected by it, um, but by the sounds of what's happening in places like Benidorm, in Madrid, in Venice, in Milan, uh, in America, in Thailand, you know, there's a lot worse that could be happening here uh, before the end of this particular period of time. We shall keep you abreast of all of it, but we will keep a very level head and we will not be frightening anybody and we will not be telling people stuff uh, which is meant to alarm them, OK? Because that's not what we do here at Talk Radio. We talk sense, we talk common sense, we tell you the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth with your help. Talk Radio across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio via DAB online or via the Talk Radio app. And if you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.